It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Yeah, the BRN father and son team uh, for the complete story. Uh, isn't that an interesting phrase, Rich? I mean, with what's on our mind and on our heart this weekend. Right. For the complete story. Everybody knows about what happened in Nashville, Tennessee. Everybody has their own idea of what happened. I wonder if everybody knows why it happened. I don't, but I can surmise because we are a society going downhill fast, and these parents... These parents of these little children, they took every precaution uh, they could for their sons and daughters, their little kids, nine years old, to be in an environment that would help them and build them up and set them on a good path as they grow older. Isn't that right? Right. Well, we know that we live in a fallen world and that there is evil, uh, just like a flood of evil that seems to be overtaking our country. Yeah. You can't know, deny it. And the Lord's Prayer, it says, deliver us from evil. When your little brother, now you are the second of our four children, surely and my four children, but your little brother David, yeah. when David was six years old, uh, I was thinking about this even back then. My word, that has to be 45 years ago or so, that children listen to what they hear around them. And children absorb it like a sponge. I'm thinking of this uh, 28-year-old woman now who was the shooter. And she was born, uh, I guess, a girl, but she thought she was a boy. How confused young people are today. But anyway, I wrote these little spot announcements on the philosopher, David. I see here, David was 11-year-old, uh, and I called him the 11-year-old philosopher. Um, I want the folks to listen to this one. Well, this is David again, the 11-year-old philosopher. People are so upset about the generation gap, but no one does anything about it. It's really very simple. When kids are my age, they should be taught to love God, then their parents, and then themselves in that order. It takes love and discipline and lots of time spent together. But it always works. Kids my age are only 11 today. But tomorrow, we'll be 16. Yeah. And then 16, and then 25, and then 28, which is the age of this young woman who shot the daylights out of the door of that school and went in there and killed three little kids. Nine years old. And three adults in that school. Now, one of the adults before was— Before she was stopped by police. Uh, before she was immediately stopped by police with gunfire inside the school in order to stop what was happening. And thank the Lord for the quick response of the police. Now, folks, here is a statement— by the governor of Tennessee, 
uh, Governor Bill Lee and uh, Rich, everybody tells me he's a good man. This was a statement that he released the day after the shooting, uh, and we wish that every state would have a governor like Governor Bill well, Lee. Well, you know what, Rich? They can if they'll get out and vote. That's right. And if they'll get out and vote, and uh, because Governor Bill Lee can't do it all by himself, that is for sure. Right, but you can, you can catch his heart as he delivers these words. Listen to this. Tennesseans, I want to say a few words about what our state experienced yesterday. What happened at Covenant School was a tragedy beyond comprehension. Like many of you, I've experienced tragedy in my own life, and I've experienced the day after that tragedy. I woke up this morning with a very familiar feeling, and I recognize that today, many Tennesseans are feeling the exact same way. The emptiness, the lack of understanding, the desperate desire for answers, the desperate need for hope. All of Tennessee was hurt yesterday, but some parents woke up without children, and children woke up without parents, without teachers, and spouses woke up without their loved ones. Maria woke up this morning without one of her best friends, Cindy Peake. Cindy was supposed to come over to have dinner with Maria last night after she filled in as a substitute teacher yesterday at Covenant. Cindy and Maria and Catherine Kuntz were all teachers at the same school and have been family friends for decades. Four other Tennesseans, members of the Covenant family, Hallie Scruggs, Evelyn Dickhouse, William Kenny, and Mike Hill, were taken in a horrific act of violence. Six innocent lives, Three of them were children. We're enduring a very difficult moment. I understand that there is pain. I understand the desperation to have answers, to place blame, to argue about a solution that could prevent this horrible tragedy. There will come a time to ask how a person could do this. There'll come a time to discuss and debate policy. But this is not a time for hate, or rage that will not resolve or heal. Everyone is hurting, everyone. Remembering that as we grieve and walk together will be the way we honor those who were lost. We can all agree on one thing, that every human life has great value. And we will act to prevent this from happening again. There's a clear desire in all of us, whether we agree on the action steps or not, that we must work to find ways to protect against evil. Yesterday, while we saw the worst of humanity, we also saw the best of humanity in the police officers who ran into danger directly toward a killer with no regard for their own life, thinking only about those kids and those teachers and those administrators. I had the opportunity to speak with Officer Engelbert and Officer Colazzo today, two brave Tennesseans whose actions saved lives. Gratitude doesn't begin to cover it for the utter selflessness of putting their lives between a killer and the innocent. I'm calling on the people of Tennessee today to pray for the families of victims, for the Covenant family, for those courageous officers for the family of the shooter, for those who are hurting and angry and confused. 
Prayer is the first thing we should do, but it's not the only thing. Law enforcement officials and educators across our state have been working for years, especially in the last year, to strengthen the safety of our schools. And that work was not in vain. The courage and swift response by the teachers and officers in this community, without a doubt, prevented further tragedy. There will be a time to talk about the legislation and the budget proposals that we brought forth even this year. And clearly, there is more work to do. But on this day, after the tragedy, I want to speak to that which rises above all else. The battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. The struggle is against evil itself. We can't forget this, and it's very difficult. But we're called to not only love our neighbor, but to love our enemies, to bless those who curse us, to pray for those who intend harm. There is hope in the midst of great tragedy because God is a redeemer. What is meant for evil can be turned for good. May we grieve in the days ahead, but not without hope. May we also act with wisdom, discernment, and grace. And may we love, especially those who have lost. Hmm. Well, there it is, folks. I, uh, I I want to tell our Bot Radio Network listening family, Um, I wish every state had a governor like Governor Bill Lee. Did you see what he said his heart is touched by and the various things he said? But he can't do it by himself. It's a battle against evil. I thought of the same verse that he just quoted. Now here, I want you to listen, folks. Turn your radio up because the reality is how did this happen by whose hand and what was going on in her heart and in her mind at the time she reached the point of rage. It was a 28-year-old young woman who was overcome by evil who felt, for heaven's sake, that she should have been a boy, that God made a mistake. And she wanted to, they called it transitioning, whatever that is, for heaven's sake. Uh, so she could be a boy. But, of course, that only sets up a tremendous amount of conflict. And who knows today where she was getting counseling from? Who knows the various people that said, I will talk to you, I will, I will help you, so on and so forth. So now we turn to John MacArthur. And John MacArthur, uh, this is from something he said some time ago, maybe a year or two ago or three. But the thing I like about John MacArthur as a preacher, he always takes it right from the Word of God in explaining what's happening. They have a question and answer period sometime in their Sunday evening services, and that's where this comes from. All right, listen to this carefully, folks. Hello, I'm Claire, and my question is um, in regards to transgender. I have an older sibling, actually, who is transgender, and my question is just how to approach that biblically, um, specifically in regards to what pronouns to use, um, and just in general. Yeah, Claire, bless your heart for asking that. 
Simply stated, there is no such thing as transgender. You're either XX or XY. That's mm -hmm. it. God made man male and female. That is determined genetically. That is physiology. That is science. That is reality. This notion that you are something other than your biology is a cultural construct intended as an assault on God. Now, your sibling may not see it that way, but that's what it's all about. And as more than anything, in fact, I was reading an article by R.C. Sproul just yesterday in which he said that the greatest revolution in American history was neither the American Revolution or the Industrial Revolution. It is the sexual revolution. This, is, this has become the most far-reaching, damaging of all revolutions that's ever occurred in this country or any other. The, the, the problem with buying into this is it is a kind of personal suicide. It is literally the end of your existence in the way that God designed you. Um, I've said this a few weeks ago, a person who is in the transgender world is 19 times more likely to kill himself or herself because you have completely cut yourself off from reality and from normal relationships. This is the end of your identity. This is the end of your ability to have a marriage that is a real marriage. It's the end of your ability to have a family. It's the end of your ability to connect and to be a part of a society and a culture and have a future and belong. It is a kind of, it is a kind of extreme isolation that can be no more extreme. You can't get more extreme than saying, I am not who I actually am because that becomes an utterly imperceptible identity. You literally have disconnected yourself from existence. You aren't who you are. You are some fantasy person in your own mind. Look, this is going to continue to escalate because we live in a world where people are told to construct whatever they want themselves to be. This is what the Internet does to people. It allows you to to create yourself the way you want to create yourself. You can access whatever is out there and you can create your own world, your own reality and you can live in that world. The isolation of this particular aspect of it is so sad and so tragic. I read the other day a surgery was done in Australia on a five-year-old to do a sex change. These kinds of parents ought to be imprisoned who would lead a five-year-old and what kind of doctor would ever do that in a hospital in Australia? This is a kind of scarring for life. So I, I, don't, I don't mean by being so firm that, that you want to be lacking in love when you communicate this, but I think the only way you can address it honestly is to say, God made you. And God made you exactly the way He wanted you to be. You're not only fighting God in His physical creation, you are even more importantly fighting God in His sovereignty. You are fighting God in His spiritual relationship to you. This is a war on God. 
I'm not going to let God tell me who I am. I'm not going to let God define me. I'm going to be my own God. I'm going to define myself. And you're in, a, you're in Romans 1 and that's a reprobate mind. That's a mind that doesn't even function. So while saying that with firmness so you understand it, I think this has to be dealt with with love and compassion because there's some, some holes in the heart of someone going in that direction. There's a, a lack of being loved and accepted and feeling wanted and needed and significant. So on the one hand, the reality of that lie and deception is so damaging, so destructive, so isolating, so corrupting that it needs to be confronted. But on the other hand, that confrontation can't exaggerate what already exists, which is a sense of feeling isolated in relationships. So you've got to find the fine line between confronting the error of it to protect the person and at the same time providing the love and affirmation that that person needs to be all that God would have that person be. Does that help? Mm -hmm. okay. Thank you. You see, uh, that's, that's what I appreciate about John MacArthur. He deals with it in love but also with truth. Truth and love. Speaking now, folks, the truth in love. Folks in Nashville especially and everywhere else Remember this, oh, isn't it wonderful, isn't it wonderful that we know the Lord, or we can know the Lord, for sure, and He'll help us listen to this. He's the healer of broken hearts. Heal men, your Uh, uh, 61 years ago now, this year when my wife Shirley and I founded uh, Bot Radio Network, it was to bring a message of hope and also clarity through the Bible teaching. You know, that's the authority. Uh, that's the standard. And Christian news and information. Now, here is a word from one of our listeners. Hi, this is Mary, and I live in St. Louis. I heard you say on this weekend's complete story that it was a struggle establishing a bot radio station here in St. Louis. That's the first time I've heard you mention that, and I just wanted to say I personally am so grateful that you did not give up. I've been listening since the 80s, and I know I would not be this grounded without the constant daily teaching over the years. Like so many of your listeners, I have several radios in my home, and I listen day and night as well as when I'm driving through the day. 
Thank you again for not giving oh. up on establishing that radio here in St. Louis. <laughs> oh, oh, I was, I was so happy to, to get that message because I well remember St. Louis was a real mountain to climb. Um, there was opposition to putting Bot Radio Network in St. Louis. Uh, but anyway, I'm glad this lady is one of the many who was benefited by that. Listen to this gentleman. Hi, my name is Kevin. I live in Kansas City. I've been listening to your guys' radio station for probably about three years now. I've got a young family with four kids, and uh, the world can be a little bit crazy out there these days. And I absolutely just get a lot of comfort and uh, love all the programming on your radio station. It gives me hope, and I love thinking about it and talking about it. It's just a great radio station, so keep up the great work. (laughs) Oh, Kevin, uh, a young father, a young father with little children. Now, let me say, Kevin, those children need to know and feel uh, the influence of their father and their mother. One is not the same as the other. And the two of you have created a family. And if the children feel that, if the children feel that. And did you hear him speak about hope? And that hope comes from the Word of God. Here's a lady. Hi, this is Karen from South Arapahoe City, South Dakota. Just wanting to call and tell you how much I appreciate your station for the daily encouragement that it gives me and my husband. We don't watch TV, so we get our news and all the spiritual encouragement we need from Bot Radio. Thank you so much for extending the area of listening. We love you guys, and God bless you. Uh, Rapid City's out to go to remember that station, Rich. Right, and then we increased the power and expanded the coverage area of that station right. a while back. Here's a gentleman. Hi, this is Jeff. I listen in South Haven, Mississippi. I listen to Memphis, Tennessee, 100.7 WCRV. I would like to say thank God for this entire network. This has done a lot towards redirecting me back to understanding, living, and walking in the Word. Yeah, and boy, does that bring up a, a memory of mine and yours as well, uh, because Memphis, of course, uh, has been a pride of ours. We've loved all the people in Memphis and all of those listening in that part of the country. But we had to do a lot of building, didn't we? Right, right. And I attended a meeting in uh, Memphis, actually in South Haven, where this gentleman is from, with uh, Ken Ham. And uh, that was absolutely wonderful. Just recently. Just recently. One race, one blood. Right. Was the presentation. Better tell tell some of those who Ken Ham is. Oh, Ken Ham, you know, uh, Answers in Genesis, the yeah. Ark, the Creation Museum. Yeah. Did he do a good job? Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all about the Bible. Sure it Because is. the Bible is believable. Here's a lady. I live in Jefferson, Texas, and uh, I love Botton Radio. Um, my truck radio stays on Botton Radio 24-7. I love it, and I thank God for it. It has blessed me so much. I bless you and ask that you just keep up the good work. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, dear friends, listen to this song. Listen to this song because it is so true. If you've knelt beside the rubble of an aching, broken heart When the things you gave your life to fell apart (laughs) 
are not the first to be acquainted with sorrow, grief, or pain. But the Master promised sunshine after rain. Hold on, my child, joy comes in the morning. We bring all for the night. Hold on, my child, joy comes in the morning. The darkest hour means dawn is just inside. To invest your seed of trust in God in mountains. have risked your life on things you cannot prove, but to give the things you cannot keep for what you cannot lose, that's the way to find the joy God has for you. child. Rich, you better give the phone number. We're out of time. Right. 1-800-345-2621. That's the listener comment line. 1-800-345-2621. And next Sunday is Easter. This is Dick Bott with this chapter of the complete story with my son, Rich. And we'll see you later. Mm-hmm.